Good evening. So, hopefully everyone had a fantastic week. Baruch Hashem. Great, fantastic week. And it was a fantastic week. I once saw a line that a person should want everything they had that day. The question is, do you, are we cognizant? Are we, do you realize it or not? Um, so hopefully everyone had a fantastic week. We spoke last week about the obligation of hishtadlis, the obligation of making efforts to get what, what could be decreed for us, that we could have the most wonderful, the most unbelievable thing decreed for us on Rosh Hashanah. And, um, and yet, we don't get it because we don't do what's necessary to get it. So I gave, for example... Uh, breakfast at the Livian house. Now, now my kids don't get it like this, but I get the breakfast. So imagine the following thing: I, I walk in, my wife miraculously somehow makes me. I, don't get my, I didn't get my seven grain bread yet, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck with just whole wheat. It's, it's not the same. So uh, seven grain bread, eggs. Coffee, right amount of sugar and milk. Mm-hmm. Right. The eggs of the right spices, garlic powder. Mm-hmm. A little, little, I don't know, some, something else, ketchup. ketchup is for sure. Something else is in there as well. And unbelievable, I sit down at the table. <laughs> is there, I think I forgot what I eat for breakfast. Right. I sit down at breakfast at night. This is a tremendous gift. I mean, can you imagine? I'm sitting there running around. All of a sudden, I get a spec- spectacular breakfast. Spectacular. Now, if I don't take my fork, take my hands, pick it up, it could have the most wonderful thing, and I don't, uh, nothing. Hashem could have the greatest thing for a person, the most wonderful thing for a person. But if we don't go out and do what's necessary to get it, right, it won't happen. We use the example of Pars Kosher Market in Pesach. Right? If, if it, it, Par just imagines that Pesach will happen miraculously and they'll make lots of money, does that happen? No way. Right? You, a person is obligated to do shtas. That's what we sp- spoke about at length last week. Now, of course, Bitochon, you know, I just saw a great story. This is a fantastic story. Unbelievable story. I'm, I'm actually, I'm learning in the morning several days a week. I'm learning about Evan Hazar. Evan Hazar, all the laws of marriage, of ksubas, who's not allowed to get married, uh, forbidden relationships, God forbid the products of forbidden relationships, what happens with them, uh, all kinds of stuff. The obligation to be fruitful multiply. So there's a following story. A couple became a Bali Tshuva in Israel. It was a true, unbelievable story. It happened a few years ago. A couple became a Bali Tshuva in Israel. And um, they were married for 12 years. And they had no kids. And like sometimes, you know, the, the strict halacha is, if you don't have kids for 10 years, right, we know this from you know, some of the imayas, technically speaking, you get divorced. Okay? Uh, we don't generally apply it today. In fact, some of the greatest sages, like the Chazonish, never had children, always was married. Um, but that's a strict halacha. This couple married for 12 years, never had kids. 
they decided, and especially the husband, that it's so important to have kids that they're going to get divorced. And people were telling, no, 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 you're such a beautiful marriage, and who knows if you have kids, and this, and that. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And they they were um, adamant, and particularly the husband was adamant to do this, despite the fact that he was a Kohen. Right? It's a a famous story. Despite the fact it's a Kohen. And... Um, he did it anyways. Now, we all know that if a Kohen gets divorced from his wife, no backsies. He can never go back because a Kohen cannot marry a divorced lady, even his own ex-wife. It would be forbidden for a Kohen to get married. So he did the divorce and within a few weeks they realized she was pregnant. And basically, 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 the halacha is that he can never marry her again. Had they would have never, ever gotten divorced had they realized she was pregnant. And he was devastated. And she was devastated. And they went from rov to rov. And they asked, please, because there's nothing you can do. Nothing we can do. Look, at, they looked at the get. Get was 100% kosher, unquestionable. They finally went to the Galul Hador, the greatest sage of the generation, Harav Shalom Al Yashiv Zatzal. They went to Rav Yashiv to ask Rav Yashiv what to do. They brought the get. Rav Yashiv looked at them and he told them, technically speaking, you can never get married. The divorce, the get was good. He looked at the get, the get was good. The, the, Reality is you're a Kohen. He said, go to the Kosal. Hashem can answer all prayers. Hashem can answer all prayers. Go to the Kosal. Can he give away his Kohanus? No. 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 If, he, if, if, if on occasion, so maybe you can check, was he really a Kohen? But, you know, he, the person was born as you know, a Kohen. You can't just give it away. A Kohen is a Kohen. In fact, if a Kohen marries a divorced lady, every day that he lives with her, they, he, he's doing a sin. And you can't get married. No, no rabbi would marry them off. And he loses his kohona as long as he's married to her. But he makes his children in, in, in a problematic status. Very problematic. Starts going to the kol, so crying to Hashem. Crying and crying and crying and crying. And he sits down to take a break to go back to, to Davin. A guy he never saw before tells him, no, you should really visit your father. You should really visit your father. And he brushes him off. Who was some stranger coming up to him? You should really visit your father. And he went back and he dominated, and dominated, and dominated, and dominated. And this guy comes back to him. He says, you know, you should really visit your father. And he goes back. He's thinking, you know, he's now divorced. He's living by himself. He's no one to talk to even about this. Right? His ex-wife is pregnant in a different house. They're divorced. To himself, like, what am I going to do? And he's thinking, this guy tells him to go see his father. He had been somewhat estranged from his father. His father, you know, was a Balchuva, sometimes he had moved to Israel. His father was more secular, moved to Israel, and he followed in Dallas. So he decided to fly to Dallas to see his, to see his parents. And when he got there, the father said, Where's your wife? 
where you know, he knew he was married. It's been 12 years the man was married. So he broke down, he told his father the whole entire story. How they were, you know, they were happily married, his father knew, and they didn't have any kids, and he really, they both really decided it's so important to have children, they get divorced, and the, she ended up being pregnant, but because he's a Kayan, there's nothing he can do. And, um, the reality is the father pulled him aside. He said, I have to tell you something I never told you before. Um, and I know how to tell you this, but you're not my biological child. She said, well, you know, your mother and I had a very hard time having children. And, you know, after a few years, we decided to adopt. We never wanted to tell you, so you shouldn't feel left out, but you were adopted. He would have to be a Jewish kid who was adopted. So, so my, so the end of the story is, of course, that what happened, he went back to Israel, he married his wife, he wasn't a Kayan, right, and he lived happily ever after, now that's a tremendous nace that that happened. The point of that story that, the way I heard it over, I'm sure one or two people heard that, is that a person davens Hashem, even thing, even pathways which look very close could open up, if Hashem wants it to, it doesn't, there's no guarantees, but Kajibarku could change everything. But for tonight, I just want to remind ourselves, we're talking about doing what we have to. Could you imagine, this guy came to him twice and said, well, you should go visit your father. Right? Let's say he never visited his father. Right? Let's say he never took that opportunity. Now, he should have visited his father because keep it up. Right? He had a father, a person raised him. Right? But there are times in life where we have opportunities that can be tremendously beneficial. And tonight we're going to talk about Hashtadlis again, because we live in a um, in a world where very often we're lacking one of the two major components. One is prayer and bitachon, right? Believing in Hashem, davening for Hashem. Um, I gave you an example. Today, a major thing happened with the air of an email, possibly be very officious. This is for major attorneys and a major thing. That's a shtalis, not need a daven, right? Uh, you know, that's a shtalis, but you get a daven, right? Everything you get, uh, everything's decided by Hashem. So, but let's say Hashem would say you can get the eruv, or but you don't do anything. You just sit back and wait for it to happen, right? There's so many things in life where we lack. Sometimes people lack the initiative to do what's right, right? To push themselves, whether it's for parnasah, whether it's to have a child, whether it's to get married, whether it's to do a chesed, and you have, with somebody coming over to us saying, you should see your father, there's some opportunity that's granted to us because of our betochon, because of our prayers. You know, I, 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 I mentioned in the beginning of the story with the helicopters and the boats, right? right everyone remember, did I say that story? Mm-hmm. I did. Okay, so... The, God will save you. God oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Hashem will save you, and he gets to heaven, and he says, you know, why don't you save me? So what do you mean, why don't I save you? I send you helicopters, I send you boats, I send you people, right? But that's a shtalis, means that we're obligated, obligated to do things. You can have that breakfast, that great breakfast, right? It's just sitting there. If you don't eat it, you get nothing. It can be there for the making, right? You could, you know, you could have, uh, an ability, whether it's, you know, in, to get married, having children, whatever it means, the job, it's just, we're obligated to get out and, and do it. I remember when I was a bachar in the Mir Yeshiva, I asked Harav Hagayin, Chaim Pinchas Shaimur Gzatzal, 
Everyone knows Shimbra was a tremendous Torah scholar. He also is famous for wearing lots of pairs of tzitzis. Uh, but he was a tremendous from the greats of Jerusalem. So what do I do to get married? I was learning in the Mary Shiva. I was just going to start dating. He said two things. Davin and meet Shachanim. <laughs> right? You got to Davin and you got to meet people who will set you up. Right? You can't just sit in a corner and Davin imagining you're going to get married. Right? You got to get out and do it. Now you shouldn't just go try to get married without Davining. Either, because uh, that, in any level, marriage is someone you want to pray for. That you need Hashem's bracha. So, let's go back to the text. So we talked about last week, the obligation of Ishtalus. Now the author wants to know, Now in particular, the author wants to know, why is it that Hashem made the obligation Especially in Parnassa, right? When they were in the desert, they had mon. Just sat there, got mon. Why is there an obligation to do hashdalus? Right? Why is there an obligation to, to to go to school, to get a degree, and even if you go to school and degree, you gotta get a job, right? You wanna save up money for a down payment, you gotta pay insurance, you gotta worry about pension, or retirement, tuition. Sorry to bring up a sore topic, right? For those who have to pay tuition, right? So, yeah, 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 lots of expenses. Why can't it just be that you just go like, bam, right? And life wouldn't that be easy? Imagine retirement, paying, somebody just called me something about preparing their elderly uh, relative for, they're in the 90s and all the medical expenses, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, dealing with that. I mean, there's lots of things that you've got to sit there, right? You want to run a business, Right. You know how detail-oriented running a business is? Applications and bureaucracy and this and that. Why did Hashem create the world like that? Why couldn't He just say, you snap our finger, you know, and ba-boom, everything comes. How, how, how lucky we are. Why did Hashem create a world, right, where you have to pay taxes and worry about, at the end of the year, did I pay enough taxes? And I gotta make a living, and I gotta have enough money to pay the mortgage, or I'll go into default or foreclosure, right? Or I gotta save up because I wanna go for so and so. We gotta visit my parents, and it's expensive. Those tickets, right? They cost a lot of money. We have to do a stuff. Nothing doesn't work out otherwise. So, so the reason is to do a stuff to get food and other things we need. And other areas of life, the things that we need to be successful. Why did Hashem create the world? Now, this is very important. Because, you know, here's the thing. If we don't know why Hashem created the world like this way, we'll miss the boat. Right? I'm speaking to the gentleman tonight about the first level of being a successful Jew is knowing that we have a different purpose in this world. It's the first level. Asher we call I mean, we are chosen. If we're if our litmus test is how we looked at his Google, do I have a good LinkedIn page, right? Then we're gonna miss the boat. That's not what we're choosing this world for. Now you gotta have a good job. It's a nice thing. That's not we. Our, our LinkedIn page is gonna be irrelevant in Shemayim. Okay, what's gonna be relevant is our spiritual LinkedIn page, not whether we went to a university like Columbia or Cornell or Penn, you know, right? And not whether I worked for, you know, Yahoo or Google or Intel or Cisco or Orange or any of those companies, right? Irrelevant, right? Not going to make a difference, right? In Shemaim, making a good living is important, paying your bills is important, 
But our LinkedIn page is what kind of Jew we are. <laughs> that's what that's what we're in this world for. Well, if we that that which I was telling the gentleman that if you want to be successful, you got to when you go to work, you have to know that. <laughs> When you're out there in the street, you have to we have to be no Our purpose is different. When that our well, why we're here is different. Well, if we want to live in a world of ishtalis, we're gonna know why we're doing it to be successful. Two major reasons. The first is Hashem wants to say. Will we serve Hashem properly, ethically, happily, and or will we rebel? We do things illegal, illicit, grumpily. This is going to see how do you do? How you how you faring? The who atzur v'chisarn almas shechutzal v'machal mishta. Right, if certain things lacking. Um, Eating and drinking and clothes, um, uh, intimacy, these type of uh, things. Right? You're not gonna have babies. There's only one way to have a baby, right? You have to be together. There's only one way to get your food. You can have the food in front of you. You gotta eat it. You gotta be. Able, there's rules of engagement. You gotta do what's necessary uh, to it. You gotta do it in the right way, the eatim you do him, in the right times, in the right uh Mashigazar Habar Shigamar La Adamehem. Right, says So you gotta do it in the in the proper opportunities you have to do it. And things that Hashem says you're gonna be successful in, you'll do it and you'll be able to finish the job, you'll finish the job. Other things, Hashem will say, no, you know what? You're supposed to do, make the effort. Go on, go for the interview, go on the date, right? Um, you know, I have had, uh, I get called all the time, even today. You know, yesterday I had a discussion with somebody about dating, and someone actually in the East Coast who. So, you know, you gotta go on a date, get cleaned up, look good, presentable. Know a little about the person, have a good conversation, give it your best shot. No guarantee it's going to work out, right? You go, right? Yeah, that's what you got to do to get married, right? You got to look into it, make sure. Now, I would, I always say it's not a mitzvah to get married. It's a mitzvah to get married happily. You gotta, it's not a mitzvah to date. It's a mitzvah to date the right people. Just going on any kind of date, you know, is not a good idea. Uh, so you got to find out before you go on a date, if you want to make the most of your time and you want to hopefully marry the right person. Research the person. Is the person normal? You want to live in Kokoda Carlisle. She wants to live in, you know, Hancock Park in Los Angeles in a fancy neighborhood. You want to, or you want to live in Hancock Park and she wants to live in Mayor Sharon. You want to, you want to, you want to go ahead and be very religious and she wants to be not as religious. I mean, to be honest, most and biased things that I see are religious differences. You know, this one wants this, this one wants this, this one wants this, this one wants to live here, this one wants to live here. Like, you know, again, there's no guarantees, but you should know this before you're dating. That's established, right? You don't say, oh, blind date, completely blind. You know, a completely blind date, and let's see how what happens over here, right? Uh, you get blinded, and you end up with the wrong person. Blinded mean by love, and 
it's not real. And what happens is, is one day you wake up and you have major uh, differences or you compromise on core principles in your life. <laughs> you compromise on who you are and you never become the person you could and should be. So you want to date? You want to get married? Well, you, you, just, you don't just go out. You find out about the person. You do some research, right? What are the person's uh, uh, schizophrenic? I, 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 I had a girl... Uh, she's not observant, but she's very close with me. She was dating a person, and she somehow or other ended up in the person's uh, abode and opened a bathroom thing and found lithium. I, you know, she could have never found that out till she's married. I said to her, "Get out of there." She didn't. She had no reason to marry a person who was clearly lithium for bipolar, for, for manic depressive. So bipolar, lithium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Oh, lithium. I lithium. Yeah. Yeah, but Seth, if you don't know it, we're in big trouble here. <laughs> All right, messed up, right? So, but this is not a joke. I mean, she. Can you imagine marrying a person like that and having no idea? Right? Dating very seriously, right? You. So, what's a shtadlis? You want to get married? By the way, listen carefully. Ron's not that far away, right? You. You don't just go out with anybody. You look into it, you find out, and then you gotta go out. You gotta dress up, you gotta go on a date, you gotta talk, you gotta, you know, be excited. I remember I, I, I once went out with a, a girl. Oh, I'm a little quiet, a little shy. <laughs> I just realized, you know, I'm joking. I was always, you know, <laughs> I was always fine. With, I was always fine in this. But this girl was like, I, you know, couldn't, I, you know, try. I was pretty good with these things. Like, I couldn't get a word out from her. Like, you know, at the end of the day. So what do you think I did when I got back to the Shadchan? I said unequivocally, no. <laughs> I'm like, you know, this is not for me. You know, could have been a very nice girl, but, right? Uh, and, like anything, you want to make sure. Then when you're dating, there's protocols, how you date. Right? Coming back to the case, so a person who is uh, bipolar, right? she can only marry a bipolar person? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. But this for this individual, she was completely straight shooter, no issues whatsoever. It's a very big disability to have that. So why, I, would, I, I wouldn't but suggest... And, and she had no idea. He didn't tell her. Also, right? Yeah, it's a, it's it's like if, imagine marrying someone with diabetes. It's a, it's a disability. You should know that if you want to marry someone with diabetes, a person should be cognizant of and aware of that. It's a, it, it could really ha- change your life very much, right? Your your life expectancy. Things can be majorly different. So you want to be certainly aware of these type of things, you know, that are that are that, that are there. So again, but you know what? You want to date this way. I, I I know a person who dated a girl without proper preparation, married her, not so hard. She they were at completely different levels of observance, and it ended in just destruction because he, they didn't do proper proper. Imagine going into a job and not knowing what the job is. Right? And the problem is with with dating is that you get blinded. You, you start you, once you start dating someone, you know. I had a friend. This guy was so serious. He was a, such a learned person, and he was dating a girl. It was twenty years ago. You know, he was a few years older than me in yeshiva, and he was going out with her. And I said, well, and he said, I don't think she's for me. So I said, so why are you dating her still? So he said, well, she's really pretty. 
Sanchez. But he was he's trying to convince himself to keep dating her because he really was attracted to her. But this guy was brilliant, 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 brilliant. And she was average. And, and you know, and it was not a shirach. Like this guy was a guy, you know, on a, on a, on a Sunday would want to, you know, go to a museum and discuss it, not superficially, but in detail. Like if you're going to dinner, the conversation is about, you know, the, the latest in quantum physics. You know, that's what, that to excited the person. Or he was a big Talmudist, also a big Talmudist. Like, and the girl was like a nice girl, but you know, she wouldn't she would relate to him. She wouldn't understand him, and he wouldn't understand her. But he was kept selling himself on it because of her looks, and that's what people do. They sell themselves on the house. Imagine buying a house, okay, and not looking at the deed, not looking at there's other if there's termites, the fa- maybe the foundation's faulty, you know. Just buy a house. You put the money down, not looking at the market. Right? Not looking at the mortgage. Signing a mortgage. Don't look at the mortgage terms. A lot of people get married that way. Maybe sometimes it works out, and sometimes they start looking at that mortgage. Woo! Year five, it goes to 28%. Right? 2% in the beginning and 28% in year five. Right? Ishtalis means doing what's necessary. Right? And so, what happens if you have to go out into it? So, there's ways, there's, a, there's the details of doing it. Doing it honestly, with integrity, with joy, thoroughly. And recognizing that you may or may not be successful. You may go on that job interview and it's not meant for you. You may go on that date and it's not meant for you. Right? You may make an offer on the house and it's not for you. Right? You may try a job out. You gave it your hardest. You did your due diligence. Right? You did your, you, you did it and then you ended up getting, uh, uh, a boss who is just vulgar or vile or anti-Semitic or just mean. And you can't leave the job. And you did everything. You looked on, you know. Then you have to say, I did what I was supposed to. Not men that I'm supposed to stay in this job. Right? But that's the obligation. The obligation is to go out and to do. And how Hashem does it is to test us. How do we do in life? Right? Our, our, our obligations were always to live a, a life which is trials and tribulations and difficulties and harnesses at times. Hashem will see through our service whether we do it in the right way, whether we do it with happiness and integrity. And when you're working, do you, what kind of language do you use? Do you say brachas in your job? Right? Um, uh, I remember I was... Uh, Going back to my dates, my wife should never listen to this class, by the way. No, never suggest this class, tell her to listen to this class. So I was once dating a girl, and this was, um, she was telling me she was working years ago, like, like a lot of the from girls in New York, they had one of the good jobs they were doing computers for Merrill Lynch. And like these places are paying a lot of money. This is 99, 2000, uh, I before I got married. Uh, so, uh, here too. So I'm dating this girl. She was telling me um, that uh, you know she was a very firm girl. She married a very serious guy. At the end, not me. So not I. So um, she was telling me she was in the office and someone went to shake her hand, and she said no. And she said, "I'm a religious girl. I don't shake hands." She's working in Merrill Lynch in Manhattan. 
He said, no, no. Now, is, are there leniencies and uncertain people lenient? Yes, there are. Nothing. No, I'm not saying there's no leniency for shaking hands. Okay? Um, everyone should ask Shiloh personally what they could or should do if, if they have this question. There are lenient opinions. Shaking hands or people are very stringent not to. Okay? But here's the story. She said that her, there were about five base Yaakov girls in Merrill Lynch in computers when she was there. I remember telling me this. And four of them had told the boss they don't shake hands. We always would stick out when we first met them because that's the company culture. Is you, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Bob. Hi, nice to meet you. My name is Bob. So, uh, so girl number five, when she came to work in the office, said, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Bob. And she shook his hand. And he said, oh, I'm surprised the other four girls didn't shake her hand. My hand. And she thought, like, she had no choice. Like, you know, she imagined that she, now, I'm not saying she was right or wrong. I don't know. Maybe she has a shy love. Maybe she didn't. But that's a challenge, right? You have challenges in the workforce. Part of being a from Jew today is, you know, being a kid in Shashem, not buckling under pressure. Language, sneeze, davening in Minyan, or davening at all, right, for the gentleman. They gotta be able to daven in the winter if they can't get to a minion because they're in the office. They gotta find a place to daven mincha. They cannot daven mincha, right? What are they gonna wear a yarmulke, right? How are they gonna talk, right? What are they gonna, it's, these are challenges. This is part of being in the world, oilam hazen. Now, obviously, we wanna minimize our challenges, right? You wanna be in, in work environments which are more Torah friendly, less of, uh, less provocative in that. But you can have a business in Borough Park, and you still got to be honest and pay your taxes and not cheat. You know, pars, you have cash. A lot of cash comes in there, right? No? Take more credit card? Okay. So, Mitch, one day you open a pizza store. You heard it here first. We'll a pizza store. Right? And people will put cash down here and there. You can easily not pay taxes and this stuff, right? You're not going to be honest and credit and overcharge. Uh, I remember, I don't know if I want to go on tape on this. Okay. Don't, don't tell anybody I said this. So years ago, I went with, I had a friend who was Chabad, and I went with him to put on tefillin. Don't, don't ask me why I did this. I was like 19. I went to see what it was like. So I went with him to this flea market. So it was like three guys. It was me, him, and another guy. Uh, my kids will, will hopefully, whatever. So, <laughs> so I went with him to do the flea market. I remember going to this flea market. This was hysterical. Like they're trying to put on tefillin on guys. So one Israeli guy is telling them, I really want to date this girl. Like, I really want to date her. If I put on tefillin, I'll get to date this girl. Like, I'll put on tefillin if you'll tell me I'll, I'll, I'll marry this girl. I'll date this girl. I'm like, I'm like, put on tefillin, put on tefillin. And the Chabad's like, no, you put on tefillin, you'll date the girl, you'll marry her. You're like, you know, like, they're... fine. But I remember one, so one guy, one guy, one guy comes up and he starts telling me it was in a minority neighborhood. He's like, yeah, I charge 45% tax. Nobody notices. Ripping everyone off, everyone off, right? You know, it's charging them 45% tax in the flea market, right? Obviously, tax, sales tax was what, 6%, whatever it was in Florida, 5%. You know, I mean, you ripped them off. That's gazela, that's stealing, that's chil Hashem if you're caught, right? Very, it's not, but you know what? Sometimes you have to pay your bills, and, you know, you don't return it. You don't play exactly. It's a cash business. Little monkey games. You know, you have a little bit less of the product. Should be tested. How are you going to do in the workforce? How are you going to do on your dates? Right? How are you going to get married? 
Right? How are you going to behave out there? How are you going to deal with adversity in this world? I'm going to see how you do it in your Ashtalis. Right? You know, in the world of davening, so you have to work on yourself and you have to daven better and to say Birkas Hamazan better and to do the stock. But how are you going to do when you're not in the spiritual world? How are you going to do when it's more mundane? Right? When you got to be out there, that's going to see how your Amuna is in this world. And based on how you do, how are you fair? Are you honest in business? Are you doing the right thing? Right? Um, you know, there are people in this more less religious world or more secular world that before they get married, you know, think they have to do certain things. <laughs> that's not what Hashem wants. Right? And that's not what you're going to be blessed for. Right? Before, before they, uh, you know, to get certain ways, they can be ruthless in, in it. Um, so, even if you don't get the job, even if you don't get married, even if you don't get the deal, right? Our obligation is to to, to go out and make proper intelligent. Now, I, I pick shidduchim for a reason, but that's a good example that not you're not supposed to date everyone. You should be dating the right person, right? You should, right? And when you do date, there's ways to date, right? I I, I remember when I was in the Mir Yeshiva, someone went to some other girls. You shall me, girl. Oh, you shall. You know who shall me is. Anyone who saw me like Meishar, I'm like real. Uh, I said this. I said to the person, "You out of your mind, you know." I, 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 some people, a few people, suggested the Hasidic girls for me. I said, "No way." Now, why? Very nice girls. Nothing wrong with them, you know. But this, 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 it's not. That's not for me. You know, you gotta know. It's not deep. I mean, even girls who are very religious. I'm not talking about. They were very religious girls. I'm sure, very fine girls. Holy girls, nice girls could be pretty, but not what I'm looking for. You can't just date anyone. You gotta be, so Ashtalis means you date the right person. And when you do date, there's ways to do it. Right? You don't go to a date, you know, casual. It's not, you, not, not, in, a, not in a Torah world. You gotta get dressed up. So here's the thing, you gotta do the right thing, and you may or may not be successful, but our obligation is to go out and do our best. In the right way, in the right position, in the right way, and exactly the business, the same thing. Getting a job, the same thing, right? Um, you know, money decisions. Everyone has to make decisions. Are you going to give charity? I've got to worry about my pension. I've got to worry about a lot of bills. So you're never going to give charity. <laughs> Don't you realize that I'm giving some of the money to give to the stock? You know, you, you can invest. People invest in the stock market. It comes and goes. They're not stock. People get tight-fisted. You know, they imagine that they could... First of all, it's a loss of perspective what money is about. Right? A complete loss of perspective of what money is about. Second of all, second of all, um, I, you know, at the end of the day, you don't even know where you're gonna come, what's going to come and go in life. You you support... Like I always say this. I've said it, I don't know if I said it to the ladies. When I think of this show, this is an example. We're in the show right now. We're learning in this room... Right? Uh, actually, I'm having lunch with him tomorrow. Hal Dryan. So Hal Dryan, 20 years ago, gave money to the show. He's getting merit for this class. And the, and the people who were here in the show 35, 40 years ago, who gave $20, $50, they have a, maybe a very minute portion, 
they kept the show going. Right? That means there's, there's people 40 years ago, this show has three million of them a day. We're just, this class going on, the men's class going on, I see a Harusa walking on the other side. They are all getting a merit. Now, maybe very minuscule, I don't, I can't, I don't know God's skills. Obviously, the more you did, the more you'll get, right? Mr. Sonnenberg, who put, the show started in his house, right? He put a lot of time and effort, and the show could have collapsed many times. Of Lapin, right? These people. So we're to, Mrs. Sonnenberg. And this is Mrs. Sonnenberg, she gave up her living or whatever, I don't know who she, any of them are. Uh, I mean, I know them, they get her email, so they follow. Uh, but the point is, is like, you're investing in, in Hashem's Torah. Best investor in the whole world. Forever. Forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It's like the dividend's paying off. But how are you going to deal with money? You know, it's not a joke. If you have tuitions, mortgage, or rent, or you're saving for a down payment. You know, I, you know, people worried to death about how they're going to retire. These same people are not worried to death about what they're going to do in Shemayim. <laughs> <laughs> where's the mitzvahs? Where's the stuck? They should be, right? They should be, but they're not. Uh, they're missing the boat because they have the wrong perspective. They're losing the test. The test of money is, of course, you got to save money for retirement. And of course, you got to down payment. But you also got to get stuck Of course, you have to get stuck You got if you could, you're supposed to get miser or more. Of course, you got. What, what do you mean? How is that not part of your budget? Right now, again, if you can't afford your monthly bills, so. Family first. But Hashem is, good, is a good accountant. He's a good auditor. Look how he spent. Woo, you don't have no money for this. Vacations. Nice cars. This. All of a sudden, we have a lot of money for a lot of different things. Right? right? That's part of the chest. It's not easy to be honest in business when you're in cash businesses or pay taxes when you know the government spends our money, they steal our money for to pay for Baltimore police officers and army over there, you know, right? You know, at the end of the day, but you still obligated. You live in the land. You know, we have a lot of benefits living here. We have an army that protects us. You have the ability to do business in this country. Who says you can't pay taxes? I could cheat on taxes and lie on the tax form, right? It's not easy though. There's a lot of expenses. Hard, to, you know, being a from Jew is very expensive, not cheap. Right? Kosher food costs more money. You know, every time I meet somebody, say, how many kids you got? You know, the original reaction, there's two, there's two reactions. Whoa, how do you guys do it? Like, there's some, 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 some form of that, like, and more common, almost is, wow, it's really expensive. You know? <laughs> 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 like, also, like, they make a calculation, that's really expensive. You know, and then I have no idea about yeshivas or day school or anything like that. Yeah, like, they're just thinking just food. Right? You know, it's, it's, you know, you, you rationalize, you know, like, I gotta do this. And of course you gotta save money for this. That's part of the challenge. That is the challenge. Right? You gotta be, you better keep a good budget. Because that's what, you can't just imagine you're gonna pay your bills. You gotta figure out, part of living in this world is getting your bills, having a savings plan, having this, making money for this. Right? Once in a while you need to eat out, get a good break. Right? Alright, well, you know, it could be this way, that, that's part of the challenge. Right? That, that's part of Olam Hazet. And the reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes it that way, the reason Hashem makes it that way, is because that's the test of how we do this world. So, first reason for Ishtalis is that Hashem, we have Ishtalis. That's why it's important to know this. Because we have to know why we're doing things in this world. It's to see how you do. 
Will you be a tzaddikis, a tzaddik, or will you not be? Will you be righteous? Will you live up to the challenge? Will you do it happily, or will you not? Will you be honest with that? Will you make the full effort which we're obligated to do? It's not a choice. You gotta go out and do research to get married. You gotta go out and meet Shabbat You gotta go out dates. You wanna get a job? You gotta get it. You, you wanna be a doctor? You think you're gonna be a doctor? You're gonna go to medical school. Right? You wanna be a doctor? You gotta go to medical school. You gotta take organic chemistry and physics and the sciences. Right? You gotta go out and do it. It doesn't just happen. That's what you gotta do to be a doctor. So what? Cause I just wanna see how you do the medical school. You can be up all night. I had a Harvusa. I was in law school. The man, he would give a dafyomi, and we learn every night for two hours. There were nights the guy did not sleep. Didn't sleep. But every night he would come and learn. I once asked him, I said, what in the world, why would you do this? Like, I was in law school, I was late. I would skip class here and there, you know. I would crash for finals. But I was not saying, I mean, I did have long days and times as well. But not like that, nothing like that, nothing like that. Um... And so he said to me, his whole, his, since he was a kid, he wanted to be a doctor. Since he was a kid, he wanted to be a doctor. You know, so I mean, he's, uh, in, he, would, he learned, he davened, you know, he pushed himself. Interesting, like, I'm going to point this out. Here, he married a girl, her father was a rabbi. And she only wanted to marry, like, a rabbi or a cold person. And she was actually in seminary the same year as the Rebbe and my wife. They're in seminary together. And her father told her that this guy, he, they were both from the same city. They both were from Pittsburgh. This guy is great midas. He's going to be very serious. For sure marry him. She'd go for him. she listened to her father. and She's very happily married. And today he lives in a different community. He gives a dafyomi shirt. He's a doctor. He's a successful person. But imagine this girl also, like, Part of hashtalis is your parents. Are, you know, I, I, I want, I, my mashkiach of Lake would always say, when you have parents, right? Now, obviously, there's kibbutz avi aim does not break the Torah. If your parents say break Shabbos, you don't listen to your parents. Your parents say dress provocatively, you don't listen to your parents. Okay, the <laughs> you know, Torah comes first. But part of who your parents are is what God gives you, right? And certainly, if they're right, you should listen to them. Right? This girl's life was changed for the better because like, she married a great guy. You know, you know she, let's say she. Married a person and learned for a few years. Most girls, most guys, they don't get to chinuch, they don't get to rabbanos. Doesn't? It's very selective. What would have been? You know, she would have married someone subpar for something short term, perhaps. Right. So part of the style is listening to your parents. Sometimes it could be that's the wise advice, right? I mean, especially when you're younger, you, you don't have the full, you know young people are they see less. You know, they don't they don't have see a full picture. Right? That's why that's why it's important for parents to be to help. Have a log. Um, so you got to go out. That's so the first test is living in this world. So we should know when we're dealing with Ishtalis, that is our test. <laughs> this is our test, right? If you're, whether it's dealing with money, whether it's dealing with how we eat and our health, some people, right, they got to watch their weight. Well, that's part of in saying brachas and doing it happily. You know, I, I, there are people who cheat. But all of a sudden, it comes to Pesach, I can't eat so much matzah. That's why people are allergic. They want to lose weight. That's an ishtadlis. We want to lose weight on matzah. We have a mitzvah in a Torah to eat matzah on Pesach. This same person goes to Chinese night, the Jerusalem grill, eats, you know, Japanese steaks, whatever, you know, 
Oh, what are you, so much matzah. Too much grape juice and wine. So they missed the boat. I mean, that, that's not how you eat. You get part of, hash, just dieting also. Everyone has to know how they're eating and what they're eating and blessings. Hashtabas. We're in this world. Right? We're in, the, we're in here to do it. How are you going to do it? You're going to do it correctly. Right? You're in a job. You're going to be courteous to people. You're going to be smiley. You're going to be friendly. What kind of neighbor are you going to be? Right? Now, of course, you got to have your boundaries if the people or your neighbors are not exactly great examples. But you're going to be friendly. Saying, well, how are you going to deal with the balance? That's all part of Hishtaz and living a good life in this world to what we need. The second thing is Ki'ilo. We didn't have an obligation of Hishtadlis, right? We weren't able to go out and make a living and be involved in this world. You'd have too much free time. Things would come automatically. Right? Too much leisure time. A person would end up doing sins. Right? When, do, when does most chaos or mayhem or uh, acts of lewdness happen in the secular world? At night, when people have free time, people have downtime. Actually, the, there's a show, there's studies that show that a lot of the, whether it's promiscuity or happened when women had, you know, they didn't have to clean the house as much, there's more free time, you know, <laughs> less household chores. I mean, people had much more free time to do things. So people got more different habits, and <laughs> right, when you had to sit there, when your life was you know, in, in, in 1880, when you were cleaning your house. You didn't have vacuum cleaners. You didn't have stoves like we have today. You had to go get wood. And these people are much more busy. They had less time for things. Now, part of, you know, they talk about these inner cities. These kids are sitting on stoops all day. Not, public school finishes at 2.30 or whatever it finishes at. It's, they have nothing to do. So, of course, they get into trouble, right? You know, if you're bored, actually, the Gemara says in a few places that, uh, that it can lead to, to wildness, to craziness, to promiscuity, Boredom leads to lots of different things. So Hashem wants to keep us busy that we shouldn't end up sinning. Because right? if we didn't, the Yitzhar will be, ah, too much free time is bad. Now, of course, if a person has free time, they can use it as a gift to do chasad, toyro, raise their kids, whatever it may be. You know? But to the extent that we have no obligation to do these things, we'd end up doing things which are incorrectly. You know, people will get the conversations, Lashon Hara, Right? All of these things, Hashem didn't want us to have too much free time, because too much free time could actually lead to sin. Forget what Hashem wants. Different types of musical instruments and wine. You won't see Hashem. And you won't see His deeds. And a person will come to sin. I grew up in a place called Miami Beach, Florida. My neighborhood was heavily Orthodox and very, very Jewish. Okay, but he also grew up a couple of blocks away from the called the Boardwalk. And you would see people go on vacation, including some Jewish people. And all of a sudden, vacation mode is like, whew, levels go like way down. Like all of a sudden. You know, like, you, know, you, read, like, you know, you read the stories that like they're mostly not true about like these immigrants to America, like 1910s and 20s, throwing their children off the boats and saying Judaism is back for Europe. Well, there are some Jews who come to Miami Beach from Chicago and New York and Baltimore and other places, and they get to Miami Beach and la cucaracha. All of a sudden, like you know, the guys you know, all of a sudden wearing a colored shirt, like you know, like a Hawaiian shirt. 
and his wife's skirt gets a little bit shorter, and their whole, you know, like, what, like, you see him one place, like, and another place, like, what happened to these people? I remember one time, I had a friend um, who came from Yeshiva, and he went to a Pesach retreat, it was on the boardwalk in Miami Beach, and he comes back and he tells me, no, you're really a holy Jew. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you came out of Miami Beach like you are today. Like, I was there for eight days. I'm like, I went down tremendously. So I said, I didn't live on the beach. <laughs> I said, if I hang on the beach like you did, what do you think would happen? But here's the thing. You can get too much free time. A different discussion is where you put yourself. That's not for tonight. All right? But too much free time, you know, people end up compromising on really important things. You know, they got to keep themselves busy, whether it's how they talk, how they dress, what they do, what they think. Leisure time, they read books which are inappropriate. Sometimes people see forms of media which are highly inappropriate, highly inappropriate, put images in people's head which are guyish and shreif and bad for them. I'm not talking about... Um, his name Potter Harry. I'm talking about other stuff. Uh, right? You heard of this book? I thought I was the only one who knew about it. Uh, so I'm not. I'm sorry. Like, there's people. There people look to fill time in, right? Uh, you know, and if they're not busy, I, I remember this. I was once flying back. This is awesome. I was in the Miri shows flying back to America, and behind me was a guy with a beard and payas. Could be a very nice person. He was sitting to two evangelical Christians on the plane. The guy's sitting there watching the movie on El Al or whatever he was watching. So, and I hear him telling the evangelical Christians, like, you know, usually Orthodox Jews don't watch television or movies. Then he starts telling them this, these evangelical Christians. Now, I had been learning most of like, the Gemara. I was in the Mir Yeshiva, you know, and I was, and I heard this guy say this to them. I, I, this guy must have been 20 years older than me. But I turned around, I said to him in Hebrew, I said, Tamamash Chil Hashem. I said, you're, made, you're really a Chil Hashem. I said, first of all, you shouldn't be sitting here watching the movies. Then you tell the Orthodox Jews, don't do this. Said, what, what kind of person are you? I said, this is, this is what you, you go ahead and do. You're on a movie, you dress like a from Jew. Don't, think, you know, don't, don't dress this way if you're going to act this way. So the guy says to me, he said, no, I'm, I was 22 years old at the time. Uh, so he says to me, he says, why don't you tell me this four hours ago when I started watching the movie? You know, so, so I, I, I said to him, I want to hear your conversation four hours ago. You know, I know who you were, what you're doing, but you shouldn't be doing this. So he, he didn't watch it the rest of the time. But here's my point. This guy, I am positive. Now again, I don't know what he was watching, this or that. But when I heard him say the conversation, it was clear to me, he knew what he was doing was wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But he was bored. He was on the plane. He was on the plane, right? Not everyone who dresses religious is so serious about learning. So, but he probably, you know, there are people who dress for religion. They can't, they're not, they don't have, you know, the word is a word called zishvah, you just consent, sit down and learn, right? That, there are good people who are not going to sit and learn, but if they're busy at the work and the butcher and the job and the whatever, they do something else. The guy was on the plane, he was bored out of his mind, so he started doing things. You know, he was bored. That's why he was doing it. He knew he was wrong. But he wanted, to, he wanted to fill time. Right? So because Baruch Hu doesn't want us to be bored in this world. Too much time could easily lead a person to do incorrect things, to overindulge, right? To do to act incorrectly. Of course, if you're into Torah mitzvah, so you have a 
certain things, you're never going to be, you know, uh, be bored. Um, the Shaman, it's the Torah says, the Shaman shouldn't be, but it shouldn't get fat and bit. Shaman Tavisa Kashita Vito Shaloka Asaho, right? Because they became so satiated, talking about the midbar, when they have the Eagle Hazav, right, you know, as well, you have too much time, too much leisure time, too much, you're not focused on anything else. The Amru Chazal, that's what it says in Avas Yafatama Torah and Derecharetz. Torah study with work is good. Because you're toiling in your job and in Torah together. And you'll forget, you'll forget sin. We call Torah Sheenima Malacha. Right? If you have Torah without Malacha, so if you have in the end, you'll, 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 you'll have points where you'll be on the plane or you'll be places you won't keep Torah mitzvahs. And not keeping Torah mitzvahs, right? It's a tragedy. <laughs> it's a loss. It's a, it's, a, it's a loss. Hashem doesn't want us to have that. He wants His children, men and women, to be successful Jews. He doesn't want to give, give us nothing to do. So He gives us plenty to do. Right? He gives us plenty, plenty to do. Um, if you don't have Torah or work, you're certainly going to end up in trouble at some level. From Hashem's kindnesses. He gives us a lot of things to be busy with. Right? Planning our, our finances. How are you going to get married? Right? How are you going to do this? How are you going to make sure, you know, if you have a house, you got to take care of your house. You got to take care of your house. What happens to your house? Your garden goes down. Your fences, your this. Right? It takes time. You got to put time into these things to make it. It could have been you bought a house and nothing ever breaks. The light bulbs stay on forever. There's everything, you know, you got nothing, you gotta take care of things. Part of it's to see how you do, you can do things the right way, you can be responsible. Part of it's to give us things besides to, to keep ourselves busy. Um, you should, you should, um, do what's proper, but things which are not proper, right, uh, you should not take part in it. Uh, as the verse says, we should think what Hashem wants us to do. Now there are certain tzaddikim, righteous people, who literally become great in Hashem's service. A person to illustrate themselves, they truly fear Hashem. And they trust in Hashem. With Torah ve'alamo. And all they do is righteousness. And they desire good meters. So such a person, like Yerub Shimborichai, tonight is what? Lag Ba'omer. Right? What's Lag Ba'omer? What's one of the reasons we have Lag Ba'omer? Hilula. Right? That's what some people contend. Shimborichai is Hilula. Shimborichai was a person who didn't do any work. Hashem provided for him. Why? Because he lived such a life, he, he at free moments it was constantly connected to Torah mitzvahs, and everything he did was exactly perfect. So he had no. Hashem took away that obligation. Now, this is not this is not one percent. This is point zero one percent, right? This is not the one percenters. You know what one percenters are, right? Hillary Clinton's friends. Um, I, uh, you know, the, this is not one percent. This is the but such a person, when you hear about a righteous person, when Hashem provides for them, it's a person who doesn't need to do a shtalas because they're so holy. 
so great that even if they have free time, they're going to do Torah mitzvahs. And they're going to be honest. They're going to do everything they have to do in the correct way. It's take off allow them to completely focus on Torah mitzvahs. They don't need the two reasons why 99.9% of others do, and that is that they shouldn't rebel. And Hashem wants to test them. Just to test how to see how you do. Hashem will give them their parnasa through other ways without Torah and without um, and Hashem, as we, the Pasuk says in Mishlei, Lo Yirav Hashem Nefer Sadek. Hashem won't make a tzaddik uh, starve. Next week, um, I'm actually going to be coming back from San Diego. I'm going to be in San Diego for the day for a conference. My wife is going to be showing here a uh, uh, a movie on for Tzvir Sarm, I think on Sneas and uh, other things. I'm not sure what, what else. There's a couple of different things about sensitivities to certain areas. Um, but we'll pick up in two weeks, and really the next question we'll ask, well, why then? It's actually a little bit parenthetic for Bitachon, but it's important because it bothers people, A. And B is, if we really want to have Bitachon, righteous people get tested as well. And the next question is, why do righteous people suffer? Why is it that good people, right, if Hashem wants to give us good, Hashem loves us, as we said... Hashem loves me. Hashem is with me wherever I happen to be. Hashem is stronger and smarter than ever in the world. Hashem knows what's best for me. Hashem can do anything to, to, for me. And what to do with Why would it be Hashem loves so much that there are righteous people that could possibly suffer? And the author will then discuss next, right now, why do some, some, not all righteous people suffer, but why is he, how can there be any righteous person that suffers, A? And B, why do some wicked people look like they're su- successful? They're they're doing well when their acts and their deeds are wicked. We'll pick that up next time uh, uh, on this class. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. When in the the beginning of this year, the rabbi said that you know you have to do your hishtagos, especially when dating. I was using dating just as a good example because I just was dealing with this. Yeah, it is a good example, but I guess I I haven't been in the from dating uh, for I mean, um, for a very long time. I have since friends of mine have, okay. have done that with their children, and they do their proper shtadlus and they research and they talk to the parents and they do everything. And if there's no guarantee. I mean, right. So, I, so here's again. So we said this a few weeks ago. Good question. Thank you for asking this. I think. One of you asked this question. If you do everything, can you assume it's okay? So what's proper shalos? I don't know. Again, proper shalos means speaking to the right people, mm-hmm. doing the right things. You're dating. You find anything. You look into it. Right. But you have and, to trust, you and, have and, to trust certain people well, that are not lying. But you have to do your... You can't just take a look at the list of people you got. You have to actually yeah, look, no. look beyond that. And you also have to daven. Yeah. Right? Davening is all important. And if after all is said and done, some things are, you're meant to, to succeed or fail beyond that. But the system as a whole works on that. But, that. but even after that, right? I'm not talking about a case where you find out the lithium or the diabetes or some other thing after you're married. But even once you're married, you still have other astonishments investing in your, your marriage. Like, this afternoon, I had a conversation with somebody about that, about investing in their marriage. 
Okay, you know that is hashdalus. Part of marriage means you got to constantly go on dates, look to do better, work on yourself. Actually, twice today I have these conversations. You know, when I think about it, you know, it's not just like you get it's a magic. You look into it even afterwards, right? There are decisions that are made that at the time made sense, and if you let things go, someone needs medication, I'll take it. Someone's supposed to do this, this job, right, which could impact. But again, if a person does everything and David's really hard, then they can assume whatever it's supposed to be is to be. exactly okay. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Just, um, so you told that uh, when people on the date they feel attracted and uh, it blinds them, right? Right. So I just heard from one rabbi that. Um, the attraction, by the way, could be to be a lot of things. It could be someone's fun. Someone like they like their giggle. Uh, they're, they're wealthy. I know a person who married the wrong person because they have money. Right? This person has a lot of money. This guy is a great job. Right? The guy's a great job. He's going to be a millionaire. He is a millionaire, even though he's a jerk. So that attracts the girl. Right? Yeah, I just heard that um, it's actually Hashem who makes people fall in love. Otherwise, they would never get married because it would be just too hard to... To make a reasonable choice. So, should I answer? It's not a contradiction. No. Not at all. It means there's a natural comfortability when you meet your bashert that you'll have. The person's right for you, which will allow you. But there's also a Yitzhahara who can attract you to other things, right? There's there's different types of attractions. Another blindness. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Right? So there is what's right, what's right resonates with you, and that's from Hashem. But you can get blinded by the wrong things and do the wrong decisions based on them. That's why before you go out, you should know who you're dating. And even when you're going out, you should be looking into and asking and stuff like that as well. But if it's the blindness, like the way you described that the person is attracted to certain things... Which are not the best for them. Yeah, so that means that this person knows what he's attracted to. And that's his... Conscious choice that's not really blind. Not always. No, no. Once you're down it, you're, you can be caught up in it. You just make a poor decision. Right? Beforehand, you could. You're still objective, but you can buy into it, or you you just cave in. Right? But you, that's also true. Okay. Thank you.